What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode number six of the Backstage Ballers podcast. I'm your host, Ross Kogan, and today I'm joined by Andrew Combo Saluk, who played pro ball for 10 years from 2017 to 2000, from, sorry, from 2007 to 17, and now is the host of his own podcast called Combo's Court Podcast, which I've been listening to for a little while now. Combo, what's up? How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm great. Great, uh, Ross. So we have... A bunch of things we're going to talk about now. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything. First, starting off with your pro basketball career and your podcast. Um, your podcast I want to talk about actually a lot because I really, really like it. I appreciate that, Ross. Awesome. Yeah. So let's first start off with your career a little bit. You played basketball overseas for uh, 10 years now and actually, you know, back in America. So you've, you've had experience everywhere. Um, right. I first want to talk about the language barrier. Was do you see that being a major obstacle, especially when you have to work as a team? Um, you know, at times, but the two countries that I was in, Israel and Denmark, there's a lot of English being spoken. Denmark pretty much by everybody, and in Israel, all the younger people there, you know, spoke English. So uh sometimes there was language barriers with the coach in Israel, but and there was times where the whole practice would be in Hebrew. But it wasn't really? too bad. And a lot of people speak spoke English in both countries. So the in Denmark is that a Denmark only basketball league or were you, were you guys traveling to uh, to other Euro teams? No, and when I played in Denmark, we only played in Denmark. Yep. Because I know, for example, in like Iceland, there's the Icelandic basketball league, and they play uh, you know only in Iceland, and then occasionally they'll have other you know play other teams from other countries. But I guess if it was only in Denmark, so the, did that restrict the competition? Like, did you see that being a, as competitive? Not you know not as competitive as maybe let's say Israel, where you're probably traveling a little more. Yeah, Israel is a better basketball country, but I think Denmark is underrated. There's actually one Euro Cup team in Denmark, at least when I was there, called Bakken. So they have a team that plays in European competition. Um, I really enjoyed the style of play in Denmark, and I think there's a lot of players that gonna go unnoticed there. But Israel definitely has more money, and it's a right. more estab- it's a more established basketball country for sure. I mean, I'm sure you're walking into some stadiums in in Denmark, and you know nothing against Denmark, but you know. With like you know a couple ble- rows of bleachers and that's about it. I'm sure. Yeah, ha- handball is the big sport there. Really? So, handball. Yeah, ham and and European handball. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's kind of like hockey, but on in a gym and you throw the ball with your hands. It's not the handball that we know of in America. Right, sure. right. I mean, yeah. I'm, that probably gets really physical. Just yes. It's, yeah. It was great to watch, and and I didn't even really know too much about the sport, if at all, before I went to Denmark. You know. Right. So. Again, do you see a difference in style of play between American basketball and then traveling to, you know, playing in countries like Israel where maybe is, do you see it being a difference in physicality or play style, like uh, how people, you know, offensive schemes? Right. Well, especially back in the first decade of the 2000s, when I first got to Israel, basketball was even, there was even more of a discrepancy than there is now. You know, the, they had the trapezoid uh, lane, the point line was was at a funky length like it was in between the college and um nba lane they actually moved it out back a little bit in 2010 really the nba lockout season yep they moved it out which was which was an adjustment for me but it was great um but yeah man there's a lot of differences um you can't dribble the ball up in transition because somebody will just foul you so you usually got to pass it up uh man it's more physical it's harder to get in the lane you know they allow more contact right the the stigma was European players are soft, but actually 
uh, it's probably a tougher game out there, to be honest. You know, I was going to say, and I heard the fans there, too, get really, really into the game, like throwing stuff to a point sometimes. Things get really intense with the fans. <laughs> Firecrackers, drums, everything. <laughs> <laughs> drums, the drums are crazy. Boom, 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 boom. Really? You got these kids on the drums. It's so loud. Yeah, the fans are crazy. They're definitely more fanatical. It kind of reminds you of European soccer. So who would you – I'm trying to put this into perspective almost because my most of my basketball knowledge is with you know, American basketball and the NBA. Who would you compare your play style to that plays in the NBA right now when you played? Well, actually, uh, I agree with Ben Taylor of Thinking Basketball. I don't know if you ever watch his, uh, his basketball content on YouTube. On YouTube, it's really good. But really? he watched a couple of my highlights, and he, he said Joe Angles. And I, I, I could see it. I could see Joe Angles. Uh, Joe, really? Joe's a little – Joe's a little taller than me, but I could see that comparison. Okay, so you got you got a nice corner three. Yeah, I could shoot it. I, I do a little bit of everything. You know, I have a nice handle. I'd say I handle the ball um, a little bit more than Joe Angles does, even though he handles the ball a lot as well. But um, I had Ingles. a really nice handle and nice vision. But yeah. I was going to say, Ingles is an underrated passer. Oh, definitely. He's a great passer, for sure, for yeah. sure. So, yeah, I did a little – I was a guard who did a little bit of everything. Yeah, kind of like Joe Angles. Combo guard. Sure. Yeah, combo guard. So no uh, pun, no pun. <laughs> right. So, um, quick little transition now, but keeping it overseas. I'm a foodie myself. Um, having lived in America the first twenty odd years of your uh, life, but then going overseas, having to live there for a little bit, I'm sure. What was the food like? How was that? Yeah, it changed my life. I actually had falafel yesterday, which I learned how to eat in Israel. Right. So I still eat it to this day, and I really love it. I might I love not falafel. Eat- yeah, I might have not even have ever tried it if I never moved to Israel. And that's what I love. That's what I loved about my time overseas. I've learned so much about different cultures. And like you just asked, I learned how to eat different foods. It was great. In Denmark, they had these kebabs, if you call it. Yeah. And uh, man, the meat there was really good. And yeah, man, I, it definitely changed my diet for the long run. I still eat falafel to this day. I eat shawarma once in a while. Um, great food in Israel. The food is actually really good, even uh, not even the traditional Middle Eastern cuisines, just everything there. Like you could get great pizza there, you great Italian food. You know, they got really good food in Israel. Right, because sure. what I'm saying is when you're playing, when you, when you make that location change, you're not only changing location, but you're also changing a lifestyle in a sense. Yeah, oh, and big time. I feel like taking on the food that they have there and, the, uh, you know, their, uh, what's the word? It's the their authentic cuisine that, you know, that they serve in yes. countries um, is part of that lifestyle and part of fully immersing yourself in the team that you're playing for. For sure. If you can't fully immerse yourself, you won't last overseas. If you can't adjust to a new culture, that's even more important than playing basketball, to be honest, because, right. you know, you're living there. It's not a vacation. You're there for the most part in most countries for eight to 10 months. That's you what they say. Make yourself at home. Yeah, definitely. It's it's not a vacation. You're really living there. So you have to look at it like that. You now live overseas. You're not just visiting. Do you still keep in touch with any of your teammates from those teams? For sure. For sure. Yep. I definitely do. And I have some great relationships. Uh, it definitely expanded my network to an international level, which is great. That is, I mean, that's great. Networking is something that a lot of people are afraid of, but um, for sure, you know, playing basketball in a bunch of different areas definitely helps with that. Definitely. So, Now we're going to make a transition into the NBA uh, talk here. I don't normally talk about the NBA on this podcast, but after watching your podcast and hearing some of your opinions, uh, there are some little debates, some questions that I want to bring up that I feel will be really interesting to talk about. Great. 
so let's just start off with the basics now. Do you have a favorite team and player that you I do not. Sharing? I am a fan of no team, as my guy Zach would say, who I just had on uh, yeah. the podcast. Um, I'm not a fan of a team. Um, people would probably call me a Luca fan. I don't think I'm a fan of any player, really. I enjoy I enjoy people's games, and I I guess I could I favor people's games and just a certain style of play. I like I like to play I like a player that has great vision. That's like big for me. Um, if you notice, all the players that I really talk about or I big up are players with great vision, like LeBron, right. and Luca, and Ben Simmons. So I put a lot into that. Awesome. That's interesting. See, I always say when people say, uh, who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Like, who's the GOAT? You know, when people are asking these questions, better this versus that, LeBron versus Giannis, I always say I don't like to cho- answer those questions. I don't like to choose better versus worse. I kind of like to appreciate everybody. You know what I mean? That's a good, it's a good way to look at it, for sure. And I know I think it's, a little, more- it's a little cheesy to some people. I, I understand that, but it's my choice from not, you know, why does one person have to be better than the other when they're both amazing talents, like generational athletes? That's probably the right way to look at it. Right. Would, does that does that um, is that conducive to having a high rating podcast? I don't know because sometimes you have to be strong with your opinions. And right. Right. Feel. That's 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 the you one know? Uh, thing I forfeit with that. Yeah. Right. So when I I just say what I feel pretty much, even though I do appreciate both players' games for the most part, um, I'll just tell you the truth and how I feel which one is better because it is a competitive sport. That's true. And 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 you know. One person is better than the other. I mean, obviously, it's all perspective and opinion, but that's just the fact of sport. You know, there's players that are better. There's players that are worse. And that's just the way it is. That is true. So, but I love your perspective. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah, for sure. It's also really reassuring hearing that because I don't get that often. Um, yeah. Do you have a finals prediction? I want to know if there are two teams you think are going to face off in the NBA finals this season. Yeah, well, I said it from the beginning. I got Lakers and Philly, the return of the big men. Uh, and I like those two teams. Philly's not doing too well right now. They just dropped Lakers. the sixth seed. Yeah, I know. I know. And uh, they're not doing too well right now. And Coach Nick let me know that in one of my recent pods, which I actually dropped today. Um, but, yeah, man. Team. Yeah. Yeah, tune in for sure. But I think it'll be the Lakers and the Sixers still. Lakers are really looking like a championship team to me. Um, Clippers are on and off with Kawhi's load management. So I think that'll be a tough switch to turn on when it comes to the playoffs. Obviously they'll run through a couple of the early seeds, I think, but when they get to the Lakers, I think they will be defeated by the Lakers in seven. That's just my thoughts. That's how I feel. I got Philly in the East. Um, I don't think anybody is a decisive favor in the East unless Boston makes some kind of big move. Cause they're pretty right. good, but they might have to make a trade for an interior presence. So I still like Philly, and I still like the Lakers. See, I like you have your mind made up. Also, I figure I should say the um, I'm local to the 76ers, so I'm a okay. fan of the Sixers. And also, I've been a Lakers fan. That was the first team that kind of introduced me to the NBA. Right. Um, so I've always been a fan of both teams. I'm not sure who I would cheer for if they played each other, which is why I'm almost <laughs> hoping that doesn't happen. Um, but... I'll give you my prediction real quick. I like the Lakers there. I think the Lakers are going to end up in the finals. I think it's going to be Lakers-Celtics. Yeah, it's not a bad decision. I mean, the, the Celtics at any given moment have four guys who are a threat from the perimeter. Um, they're versatile defenders. They got a few players who are kind of all uh, the same position, but it works well in today's NBA. You need that position. You know, that swing man that could do everything, that could guard multiple positions. And I'm talking about Tatum. 
Brown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Hayward. And obviously Kemba is a great player. And an Jaylen, amazing player. Jaylen Brown now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. All those guys are great players. Um Cantor, and I always thought Cantor was underrated, but in the playoffs, it's tough with him defensively. So they might need to pick somebody up. Um, they lost Horford, which they'll miss, but I like the Celtics. It's not a bad pick. Cantor also had a rough start to the season, but I think just now in the past few games, he's been uh, picking it up a little bit. But I would yeah. like to see them make a move. Cantor's a bucket. That's one yeah. thing. He, he'll, he'll get you a bucket anytime, for sure. Got it. So next uh, next question is going to be talking about MVP candidates. Do you see a top three? Maybe you have an order. I have an order. I think it's uh, Giannis, LeBron, Harden. For sure. Maybe you disagree. I agree. You want to throw Luca in there? No? I would like to because, you know, uh, people would call me a Luca fan. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, no, Luca's great and he's emerging. I don't think he's quite there yet to win it. He's definitely in the conversation, but I would have those three above him. Yep. Got it. And, and honestly, it's it's kind of hard to disagree with that. Maybe a top four would be the better question. There'd be less room for debate if you could yeah, add Luca to the conversation. I would say Luca at four. Yeah. And, you know, Jokic is playing like an MVP right now. I mean, even that started off slow. And true, the Nuggets are now the, comfortably in the two seed. And I think, I mean, I, I think they can make a run in the playoffs too. I mean, Jokic, he's that he's that X factor that like if he's feeling it, if he's willing to put up that 47, 10, and 13 in a game, they're not going to lose. Right. And Michael Porter Jr. is emerging. Uh, if they could find minutes for him yeah. and he could play the way he played in a few games that I've seen uh, this year, man, they could really do they could do damage in the West, but they're, I, still, they're, I love they're still a little young, though. They're still a little young, but That's we'll true. see what happens. That's true. So, and then you touched on a little bit with the Celtics saying they need to make a pickup, but in terms of moves before the trade deadline, I feel like this season in particular, you know, with the whole balance has been restored. Um, I feel like there are a lot of moves that have to happen. If a lot happens in the off season, then a lot is going to happen in the season because a lot of changes mean that a, a lot of more changes are need to be made until, you know, people finally find what their team, you know, what their team's all about. I can throw out some names like Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, CJ McCollum, Ben Simmons, D'Angelo Russell, all guys that have, you know, been rumored to have, you know, trade talks about. Is there anyone in specific that you'd like to see go to a specific team? One thing that you see as a perfect fit in your opinion? A perfect fit. I think Jamal Crawford could help the Lakers or Philly. I love that. I love Jamal Crawford to Philly. And then I've been hearing all these reports for Ben Simmons and D'Angelo Russell in a trade between the Warriors and 76ers. I'm not sure how I feel about that. In my opinion, I don't see Ben Simmons going anywhere this season or in the next four or five years, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I just feel like I'm kind of scared because if that happens, I mean, I think D'Angelo Russell would fit great add some nice uh, perimeter shooting ability to the 76ers, something that they lack now, a closer too. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Do you have anything in particular you want to say regarding that possible deal? Yeah. Um, ben Simmons will probably be traded eventually or probably move eventually. But right. if I was the Sixers, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I think Ben Simmons on your team gives you the highest ceiling if you could figure it out with Ben Simmons. Um, D'Angelo Russell maybe right now would make them – a little bit better. If you, I don't even agree with that, to be honest. Um, yeah, I would keep Ben if I was the Sixers. Because if you figure it out with Ben, that gives you your best chance to win a championship. See, I agree. I would keep Ben also. But then I also read another report from like a verified source, too. I don't know the exact name of the uh, insider. That, that the Warriors were considering offering D'Angelo Russell and their first-round pick. 
which this season could be good enough to get somebody like Burning Carey or, you know, a, a big man, somebody, you know, a big name draft pick this year. Who's this again? Uh, the, the Warriors uh, yeah. first round pick. Yeah, no, I think I've had two guys. I've actually recorded one today uh, that has – I recorded a podcast today that hasn't been released yet. And Rashad Phillips, NBA draft guru, um, who's great who's great at what he does, said James Wiseman would be great for the Warriors, and I agree. I love that fit. I think they should keep yeah. on – I think they should hold on to the pick. I also love Obi Toppin. Yeah, man. He's emerging. He's had a great year, and he's really raised his draft stock this season, man. I mean, I watched him play once. I mean, it was against LaSalle, so it was, you know, small gym, smaller team. The competition wasn't necessarily there, but just his size and his build is the epitome of what scouting scouts, you know, look for in uh, recruits or in possible uh, draft prospects. I just feel like he's his game's going to translate perfectly to the NBA, and I – I hope he goes to Golden State, but Golden State might be bad enough to get a higher pick to maybe even get LaMelo Ball or James Wiseman. Yeah. No, I agree. Depending on the style of player, oftentimes it's easier in the NBA than it is in college. So even though they were playing against a, a smaller team and, as you said, in a, maybe a smaller arena, sometimes because of the spacing in the NBA, right. all the player needs is the opportunity, and they even seem better in an NBA-type flow, an NBA-type game. I agree with that. And I like that. I like that little analysis. Um, yeah. Final thought here before we wrap up the episode. I want to talk about your podcast. I'm a big fan okay. of it, like I said before. Uh, do you mind just telling us a little bit what it's about, what people, you know, prospective listeners can kind of look forward to if they plan on ever listening to your podcast, which they definitely should? Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you listening, Ross, and I appreciate who everybody who listens to Combo's Court. Um, right. You can rate, review, subscribe right in your Apple podcast app. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I started it in 2017. Actually, in my last year overseas, I really was thinking about getting into color commentary and play-by-play, but I wanted to get things done myself, so why not start a basketball show? Um, and that's what I did, and I thought the, a podcast was the best way. I listened to a bunch of podcasts while I was overseas, so I decided to start with the first episode, Five Keys to Reach Your Hoop Dreams. I released that, and now we're over 125 episodes in. Um, we're actually at 128 today. So we've had um, a lot of great guests. It's a heavy basketball-based podcast, but um, we've t- we've talked more than basketball. You know, we talk hip hop, culture, culture right. uh, social media, often financial literacy, um, current events. You know, but we've had guests such as um, we've had guests that have been with Fox Sports, former NBA players, formerly with ESPN, and. Uh, even former battle rappers, other great podcasters. And uh, it's been great, man. And we're just moving and shaking and we're just taking things to the next level day by day. See, that's great. And I mean, I'm me. I'm on my sixth episode. Like I have, I know I have a long way to go, um, but I feel like it's, it's good to have your mind made up. Like you said, you, you bring up more than just basketball to cater to more than just the average basketball fan. If you're talking about hip hop, some culture in there. Um, and yes. I feel like I kind of tailor this this podcast a little bit more towards basketball and social media and content creation side of things. But I kind of like to cover all aspects of basketball, you know, whether you're a player, a creator, or uh, some sort of entrepreneur in the basketball field of interest. Um, and I just feel like capturing all those sort of points of view is really valuable. Like you're doing, uh, like you said, you had guys from Fox Sports on there. Like that's a really interesting point of view of basketball to be right. talking to. 
For sure. I mean, a lot of those guys have a lot of experience in what right. they do. So it's great having guys like that on the podcast. And I think, Ross, um, you should talk. I think anybody who has a podcast should talk about what they're interested in. So that's why sometimes I talk about things other than basketball, because it's just a conversation that I would like to have that happens to have nothing to do with basketball. Right. I think every single episode has had some basketball in it. Um, but yeah, that's how I go about it. I just have conversations I want to have and talk about topics I want to talk about. And I don't want to put myself in a box. Obviously, my whole life has been basketball. I've been in a basketball bubble since I was seven. So most so my podcast is going to be basketball based. Right, right. And the end of the day, it all comes down to passion. For sure. Uh, and for I, sure. Think that, I think that's the main thing there. Right. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Combo, I really, really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. You're a great speaker. You know, clearly it's uh, one of your natural, you know, it's just, it's natural to you. There thank you, you man. I appreciate yeah. that. Ross, you're, you're, for your sixth episode, I think you're an amazing podcaster. Keep up the great work. Awesome. Thank you so much. And everybody, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you. Thanks, Ross.